Lost your camera. There you go. You're back. It's Saturday night, and you know what that means. It's time for the WrestleManiacs. As we see myself, the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, taking it all the way back to WWF Attitude, brought to you by Acclaim. And we've got uh, representing a fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, tonight in the T-shirt game. The Nubian Sumo, freshly cutting a nice little cigar there. What you, what you got uh, to light up tonight, my friend? Well, the Nubian Sumo is powered by the Los Calaveras 2019 cigar. Oh. Especially since today is National Cigar Day. I thought it was Pokemon Day, but that's close enough. Well, yeah, I guess it might. You would know about that. I wouldn't. And we sipping on some Old Forester 100 proof tonight. Woo! Put some hair in your chest. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Some slight. Uh oh, light it up. Look at the art form there. Look, look, look at the way he's, uh, he's rotating to make sure it's an even burn. That, that, that's masterwork right there. Has will be pleased. How's it taste? Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful. Mm. And I'm smoking this cigar tonight in honor of two fallen North Carolina Central Eagles for the past couple of weeks. Mark Davis, otherwise known as Tennessee, and my man Mark Mike. Brian McCorkle, shouts All out right. to shouts out to another fallen cigar friend of mine, Dave Stewart, whose birthday is today. So, uh, rest in peace to everybody. Definitely, condolences to the families. Uh, no time is ever a good time to lose somebody. So, uh, appreciate you celebrating them on uh, your smoking behalf and your your drinking behalf. But now, you know, because I uh, stole that line for Brody Lee, it is Saturday night. You know what time it is. And it's time for us to divulge into our wonderful topics of the week. And the first one is going to be an interesting one. Um, I know we did the picks. Elimination Chamber was last weekend. Unfortunately, we're missing KG to go over his loss. But my real thought for this week in conversation, James, was... What really does the Elimination Chamber say about the direction of the WWE now? And what I, I really want to, I guess, highlight is we talked over and over, and I know for me, I, I was like, well, they're, they're hitting uh, the super scene in this with uh, Drew McIntyre. And then in the midst of the end of his match, um, I was like, hey, It'd be pretty nice in my head if the Miz would cash in that money in the bank. And then I saw the, the full scope of the plan with Bobby Lashley losing the U.S. championship and having that transition into him becoming the catalyst for the Miz to successfully cash in the money in the bank ladder match. So with that being said, then even on this week's Raw, we didn't really see Drew McIntyre. So a lot of things uh, are moving in directions that I guess are a little bit to the opposite end of what will really normally be happening 
if things were the way they would be without COVID uh, heading into WrestleMania. So we had a, a controversial uh, cash-in to segue into potentially the, the champion that we thought was going to be the champion, not being the champion at WrestleMania. Edge still up in the air, allegedly at that point, um, not making a decision on who he's facing. And then you turn right around, and we're going to get into the women in a moment. Um, we don't have a clear roadmap as to where things are going to go for the Raw and SmackDown brands. And then here comes The Miz, well, being, I guess, the ultimate, ultimate opportunist, giving us, in my opinion, the heel that we need to really medialize, if that's a word, WrestleMania. Because if there's nothing else that needs to happen, you need somebody to be able to talk the talk, the game that's going to be able to put butts in the peacock seats because we still have yet to find out exactly how the network is transitioning officially with those subscriptions. So that guy is the Miz. Drew McIntyre can't do that, unfortunately, because the Miz can really incentivize and incite and, and piss people off at that Roddy Piper level, I would say he's at now, to make people want to see him lose. So that play was smart. But my question to you is, do you foresee that being the way to end up at Mania? Because Miz could not be champion since he's going to have a, a match potentially, which pretty much is looking that way, with Bobby Lashley at Fastlane. So I think technically the Miz should be champion, but I wouldn't be mad if Lashley versus McIntyre happened as well, because I really want that belt on Bobby Lashley or if it becomes a triple threat. So on that side of things, in the grand scale, what do you think about that? Well, I'm predicting that Lashley will go into WrestleMania as champion against McIntyre. That's okay. my hope. That's my hope. Uh, the transition with Miz was needed because they needed to get rid of the money in the bank briefcase. And they did. I'm sure they weren't going to do a... Seth Rollins with him on, mm -hmm. in, on WrestleMania. So, you know, to get rid of the money in the bank briefcase, that's just gets that just cleans the plate, cleans the plate a little bit, so to speak. So now I'm hoping, and I never thought that a triple threat match should be in WrestleMania. WrestleMania right. should only be singles matches, in my opinion. I mean, not not as a main event. If you want right. to do Threats like for United States Championship or you know or, or whatever you or whatever the case or the cruiserweight title or whatever you know that's fine. But as for the World Championship, even the Universal Championship, I would never want to see a triple threat in the main event for WrestleMania. Okay. Now, now so with that said. Like I said, uh, I'm thinking that Bobby Lashley is going to end up going into WrestleMania as champion. And hopefully, and it looks like it's going to be him and McIntyre. Now, they, now, Miz being a transitional champion doesn't necessarily hurt him, in my opinion. Right. Um, it's, it's, like I said, it was just a way to get rid of the Money in the Bank briefcase. So it works. It works. It works. It works out in the best at, at this point. Okay. All right. So 
that's the raw side of things. On the SmackDown side of things, coming out of Elimination Chamber, we got the answer that we needed, uh, technically, because they are also leveraging a little bit of ambiguity and limboness uh, when it comes down to what's going to happen with Roman Reigns. So now we've got Roman. Originally, you thought it would be a situation, 9 out of 10, to be Roman versus Kevin Owens. Could be one avenue until Edge picked Roman. But then also, now we've kind of got the situation, depending on how they play it out next week on SmackDown with Daniel Bryan going and having an opportunity uh, to face Roman Reigns at Fastlane if he beats Jay Uso, Uso excuse me, in a uh, steel cage match next week. Uh, so they're, they're kind of working a couple different things in here. So truthfully, Edge versus Roman... Wouldn't be a bad match, but unfortunately, Roman's going to win. If Edge beats Roman, I would be surprised. And that's not disrespecting Edge. It's just that the, the direction and the force that is behind Roman Reigns now in the machine, Edge just coming in and winning, uh, I think that would kind of, it wouldn't make sense to me. But I wouldn't be opposed to Edge versus Daniel Bryan, or truthfully, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. So what's your thoughts on the SmackDown side of things? Well, just like with Miz, you got the wrinkle with Daniel Bryan coming mm -hmm. into the picture. So, you know, and, you know they, they've always done this thing where Raw always mimics or mirrors SmackDown or vice versa in yep. some kind of way, shape, or form. So bringing Daniel Bryan in kind of brings some confusion into the mix, which is pretty good for the storyline. Um, but I actually see Edge coming out of WrestleMania with the title. And the only reason I say that is because of his contract, the way they got his contract, and the fact that he's listed a bunch of people that he wants to wrestle before he gets out, before he shuts it down altogether. Being Daniel Bryan being one of them. So I can see uh, Edge coming out of WrestleMania as champion, uh, giving his another opportunity or a rematch to Roman Reigns, wrestling Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, and everybody else that he has on his list, and then losing and then losing the title and riding off into the sunset. Now. Here's a thought as you were saying that. This would kind of unfortunately upset you, I guess, because it would go in the opposite way. But since you were talking about mimicking, I wouldn't truthfully be opposed to a fatal four-way or a triple threat for the SmackDown championship. I wouldn't be opposed to the fatal four-way of uh, Roman defending against Kevin Owens Daniel Bryan and Edge, and yeah, Edge, Edge Edge wins out because he doesn't beat Roman. He may beat Daniel Bryan via the spear, which would then greenlit on the Raw side, since you were talking about mirroring the triple threat on that side of things. So that way that would put uh, Drew McIntyre back into the mix, and he would have that shot on the Raw side. Well, so, if they're going to do that, they need to do that after. They need to do that after WrestleMania if they're going to do that. They shouldn't do that 
in WrestleMania. A, a four-way at, at WrestleMania? We got two nights. WrestleMania is two nights. Next year, and 2022, we'll be back to knock on wood, WrestleMania proper being one night, one solid uh, event. But, you know, that could spice things up and stretch out the time in reference to matches because a triple threat or fatal four-way can potentially run 40 to 50 minutes. So if you're stretching it two nights, that's a good chunk of time because we still don't know all the particulars that under normal circumstances, pretty much everything will be locked in. And the only thing you're interchanging potentially is if they want to spice it up, the champion. But other than that, all, all the sub storylines are kind of being laid out. And just to show you what I was thinking of how things would go, uh, we got Miz versus Lashley at Fastlane. So we just talked about that. That potentially could have, uh, you know, repercussions on Mania. Uh, but Edge technically versus Roman is a lock, potentially. If Daniel Bryan loses, then it would be a lock uh, because that would be one and done. And, you know, champion is going to be the champion going through the Mania. But um, the one thing that we have as a constant, which is pretty cool, uh, since it was locked in, etched in stone, and history was made uh, in Black History Month, is that we're going to have for the first time co-main eventing in, in uh, whatever fashion you like to look at it, uh, the first African-American women to go 1v1 being Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. And as I started to look at it this week in reference to their body language standing against each other and the potential of the spectacle and the build of it with the vignettes because we all know that's the time when they spend a lot of money producing some hollywood level vignettes i can start to get behind that match uh Riz, i was like eh, i don't really want her bianca being picking uh, sasha but i guess out of the three champions uh sasha is the strongest character and reference to Bianca, because I want her to walk out as the champion. And what better mountain to climb than Sasha Banks? Uh, no disrespect in uh, Asuka or Io Shirai, but this is, you know, the best scenario unless you're going to put a belt on Charlotte. Um, so what's your thoughts on uh, history being made and this week on SmackDown, Bianca picking the boss? Well, to go back to your triple threat, four, fatal four-way uh, idea, if they do that on the first night, then cool. But that second night needs to be, you know, the lock-in, one-on-one lock-in. You know, if they want to do if they want to do a triple threat between Brian Owens and uh, well, well. Okay, so if they do a singles match between Brian and Owens for the number one contendership, I can see that. Okay. Okay. Let 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 the winner of that match end up wrestling the winner at WrestleMania. That Friday after. Or, or yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or yeah, or Friday after or whenever, you know. Right. Or build it up to the next pay build up to the first pay-per-view. Yeah. So um, now, as far as Bianca and Sasha, uh, I was kind of hoping that that would be the match. Um, I don't, I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling the match between 
Bianca and Oscar because I was seeing them building toward Charlotte versus Oscar again. Again, because they know that's a money that's a money match, you know. Now and now that now that Charlotte has, you know, now they've had that faux pas for during their match, and Oscar kind of brushed her off. You know, you can kind of see that going that way, especially now that Lacey Evans is out of the picture. So, you know, so so you put them two together for that for that match at WrestleMania, because that, you know, that's money already. You know, how many times have they wrestled already and it's worked out for? So uh, that's that 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 will be a better match for me than her and Bianca. I like the fact that she chose Sasha. You know, and and for the historical fact as well, um, uh, them two being the first African American women to not main event, but head what headline a wrestle yeah. or be in a significant match in a WrestleMania. You know, they may make them. They may make them semifinal. Who knows? You know, but uh, I kind of find it funny that Edge and Bianca went after. The SmackDown championships and not the Raw championships. I kind of found that interesting. Yeah, I did too. And you know, on a on the women's side, like I said the Sasha would be the the stronger choice. Uh, on the men's side, they said they were just building up Drew so heavy. Uh, something KG had mentioned several times. You just got to knock the person down a peg and, and pull them away just to give them a little bit of time, so that way they can have a better impact because if, if they kept it on Drew and he would have walked out of the Elimination Chamber, we would have Roman Reigns 2.0 and he would be getting booed and it would just be problems and, and you know, not a good look considering that Drew as a human being and, and a performer has worked hard to get where he is coming back and putting in the effort and the work, rebuilding his character, everything else. Uh, so yeah, but I definitely believe that night two uh, Bianca and Sasha should be, the, if not the main event, the match uh, next to the main event. Because if nothing else, storyline-wise, if you're trying to build the, the media buzz and everything else, that would be the one. Because yeah. you, could, you could end the pay-per-view uh, potentially with uh, so, uh, well Bianca Belair winning the championship. You got that emotional moment, especially after the major upset with... Uh, Potentially, what would be with Roman Reigns? Who knows? Depending you could on. actually, you could actually have Bianca and Sasha main event night one. I know they have to be night two. No disrespect, but that has to happen on a Sunday. It could, but I mean, there's so many titles to go around over there, and they're gonna try to end the night with something of significance. Well, well, remember, that's actually a great segue into the next match topic on is WWE position themselves uh, well coming out of Elimination Chamber. And that is the next cinematic match, because I, I can't foresee this being anything else but a cinematic match between Randy Orton and The Fiend and somehow tying in Alexa Bliss. So I would I would even put Randy Orton's wife in there to deal with Alexa Bliss so that way that would kind of balance her out or maybe he can enlist uh the help of Nikki Cross 
for an actual performer on performer. But I would think that that would end night one. Potentially. It would depend on when they bring in the fiend. If they're going to bring, they should bring in the fiend. I mean, with the, with the, with the way that they're doing the um, commercial for WrestleMania with the fiend setting the boat on, the boat on fire and all mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, they, yeah. they should be bringing him in for WrestleMania. But it's just a matter of when are they going to send him? Are they going to bring him in during Fast Lane? Are they going to bring him in after Fast Lane and kind of bring bring him in kind of slowly? You know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, if they do bring in the Fiend, yes, that would most likely be the end of night one. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I wouldn't be opposed to at Fast Lane, Randy Orton RKO's uh, Alexa Bliss. And then as she's getting up, he's setting up the punt to just kick her out of existence. And as he's coming in, you'll see it with the forward motion. They get ready to hit the kick. The lights just go off. He completes the punt because we hear a or, or something of that nature. But then when the lights come back up, it's the fiend laying there in the same manner that he was when he was put on fire. And then he would just get up and then you would have that moment and that would be the spark. So Alexa would be gone, Afeen would be back in the ring, and then there you go. What we that have would, the match. That would be that would be the spark. I see what you did there. That was uh, that was all right. Now, yeah, I see what I'm you did. There, I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm thinking tonight. Yeah. I'm thinking. yeah okay. So that would be my night one. Because it's not gonna be, unfortunately, at the level uh, uh, of hype and expectation as the Undertaker's, you know, last match uh, ever, but at the same time. They are doing the right thing with the, the slow build, keeping the fiend out of it, and then letting it be more opportunity and everything for other uh, storyline potential. And then you bring in the big guns and you go from there. Because immediately after that, the fiend is going to become champion again. That, that, that's, that's a foregone conclusion. The other yeah. question is, that's are we going to have the return of Bo Dallas? Interesting. Is Bo Dallas going to be a part of it, uh, the the new Wyatt family 2.0? So that he, that could be something. He needs to be. I mean, they're not they're not doing anything with him. I mean, he's been backstage at SmackDown uh, from what I've been reading for a while, mm -hmm. and they just paying him to be around. So you know, and got him a new girlfriend and everything in the, in the midst of this. So uh, get that man something to do. Well, you go and tell him who his girlfriend is. Allegedly. Allegedly. Who, who is it? Because I forget who it is. I thought it was Liv Morgan. Yeah, yeah it is Liv Morgan. Okay. Allegedly. I didn't, I didn't want to say because I, I want to, you know, I wasn't sure. But, yeah, I had heard he had gotten a new girlfriend, but I wasn't quite sure as to who it was. But, you know, personality-wise, I mean, if there's anybody backstage from just the accounts of how people say he carries himself and and – the respect level that, that he has garnered over his time, that's a, a good person for her to be with, considering, you know, I'm not that I've been anybody's, you know, relationship deeply like the paparazzi, but on the polar opposite end, you had Enzo Amore, um, you know, for a while, and now you've got somebody a little bit more balanced in, in life as a Bo Dallas. Uh, so that that's, you know, I, I think somebody to really balance her out and, and help her to be able to elevate to the next level. 
But truthfully, I wouldn't mind her leaving the Riot Squad and joining the Wyatt family as well. Because well, that, that, that would be supposed to be in the first place, yeah. Yeah, that would give flexibility for them to take the women's tag championship. Bo Dallas could take the U.S. championship, and then Ray will be taking a heavyweight. Because we need to get rid of retribution. Uh, you know, Mustafa Ali complaining about how everybody is failing him, you know, is great and all, but the machine has failed him. Because they they had an idea, but it's hard to execute something and not be an NWO clone. The only reason why Nexus worked is because they took it to a level that the NWO did, and they broke the fourth wall. But then that also broke the mold of copycats, because you're either NWO-esque, or you're coming in as a nexus. There's just no middle ground. There's nothing. You, you can't be, you know, well, half and half because you're whack. You can't go, you know, we are the, the new age of wrestling like the NWO. You can't just destroy everything. But like we're badasses like nexus. Like been there, done that, seen that several times and several promotions now. So it's it's no longer just a thing. And the machine has failed them. And the ability not to, I mean, and then also costuming because, you know, you're bringing people in is like, you know, that's Mia Yim, right? <laughs> we just saw her on NXT. Mercedes Martinez was a little bit of a different story because she was not there for a moment and then she came back. Dio Madden was, you know, understandable because he was gone. It's been several months with the Brock Lesnar thing. And then he came back. Ali was a cool little, you know, slot in like, oh, man. You know, they made him the head of, I, I could get with that because he's been, you know, treated, you know, basically job squadish. Uh, but that's about well, it. They, they screwed up the uh, the hacker thing with him. So yep. they had to do something with him. You know, they did all that build up for nothing. And if they're not going to let him win, they tried to, to have them do something with the New Day. So they, they just got to slide them out. But. If they're sliding out on the NXT side of things, there's somebody that could replace him to legitimize everything, and that being Adam Cole. Because now that they've unfortunately imploded the Undisputed Era, get rid of one leader, and you take somebody that uh, has been proven and commodity like Adam Cole and put him with retribution... So in NXT, you have Retribution with Adam Cole as the head versus the Undisputed Era. You kind of got something that you can go with, but then only Adam Cole is going to get called up. So that leaves, you know, the rest of the Undisputed Era to do whatever they're going to do, either tag or, or individual-wise, but, you know, the group needs to be done because, you know, Adam Cole was the focal point, so... No disrespect to O'Reilly, but him and Bobby Fish need to stay the tag team game. Uh, Roddy needs to do uh, the singles game uh, and then let that be what it's going to be. And maybe you'll have those um, shield type situations when everybody's up at the main roster and they're in the rumble. And then, you know, they, they're back to back and they're fighting everybody and look at each other and do the Undisputed Era 
symbol for a moment. The crowd pops, and then they turn each other again when it's time and start throwing each other out. But other than that, you know, that could save retribution because you would have a figurehead that is a proven commodity. Sucks for Ali, but that, other than that, I can't see that group doing anything. And if that group goes away, that frees up the Wyatt family again to become uh, championship title holders all across the board, providing that they can get, you know, Alexa Bliss in there, uh, along with uh, Liv Morgan to become the tag champions. So I don't know. But then also in the potential mania front has been confirmed. Apollo Crews and his new heel turn um, is going to be possibly facing Big E. Because that seems like the only go ahead for Big E right now is this Apollo Crews situation. So that could be a lock mania. And then we still are waiting for an official situation uh, to be confirmed for Nia and Shayna Baszler and who they would face because they've got three shows worth of potential uh, to, to go around. And, you know, now that Bianca's made her decision and that removes um, Sasha Banks from the equation from a potential tag team, we could see Bailey and Carmella as a tag team going up against. I mean, you know, there's several different ways. Uh, it could be um, Indy Hartwell and... Timber um, uh, uh, Moon. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Mrs. Wrestling, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny uh, Gargano's. Oh, wife. Andy Hartwell, yeah. But, you, yeah. but then, so that like you said, you got or, um, or like Johnny Blackheart and Ember Moon. Yeah. You got the Riot yeah. Squad. Yeah. You got Tam- Tamina and um and, and uh, Yeah, which it's good to see Tamina actually get a win because she's right. been a, a transitional, you know, almost on that Natalia level for a while. So it's good to see that she's getting a win. We'll see where that plays out. So we really don't know how and where that's going to go. So they still got some foundations to put forth in the WWE. But my question to you is, considering that we've just touched on a lot of different match potentials that could happen, that's still not two nights worth. Truthfully, that's one night, one pay-per-view's worth of matches uh, under traditional format, uh, give or take the the cinematic uh um, RKO and, and Fiend thing being about an hour. Do you think the WWE has enough tools? And we still have people like Braun Strowman that could be thrown into mixes and, and situations and stuff like that. Do you think they have enough tools to really make something worthwhile for WrestleMania this year? Because oh, they yeah, have I mean, to build it. Not yeah, like you, yeah, like you said, um, there are plenty of storylines out there. I mean, they could they could throw anybody in on that first night, but that for second night is pretty much going to be all your main championships. So I mean, they do like if they do like a seven match card, you know, for each night, fourteen matches. I mean, they they can work that out. Yeah, and do we still have AJ Styles that's not being used at the moment? Would you be opposed to the Money in the Bank? actually being decided and, and, and won at WrestleMania? It could happen. It could happen. That, that, that could be something they could add to just throw a, a ladder match for a purpose in, uh, you know, into the mix so you get the excitement part of it. And you still got to prove... Oh, I'm sorry. And I was going to say, you still got the Andre the Giant Battle Royal 
that they could throw in there if they wanted to. Yeah. Because they have to make it this larger and, and, and exceed expectations considering that we're still in the COVID uh, constraints and we're doing two nights, that means that we could not potentially have fans in the stands because that's two, well, but then again, you could. That's two nights worth of fans. So it, it all depends. But the, the key that they have to show is to, to Peacock that that money that they just gave them, those billions of dollars, is worth it and it's going to pay off for them. So everything has to be 100% bigger than what it would normally be to make sure that the subscription money comes in to Peacock. Well, you have to rem- you have to remember they're guaranteed to be in Raymond James, right? And they're already and they're and they're already talking about at least twenty five thousand people in the stands, right? So they're going to be people there. It's going to be an audience. So um, yeah, because uh, I mean, th- things could still change, but what we're hoping, but yeah, you know, that's still it's still hoping. time to it's still time to mess up mess some stuff up, but. But right now, we are looking at a crowd of some kind being in Raymond James for both nights. Yeah. And we still also technically have a third night that we need to think about and the merging of the 2020 and potentially the 2021 Hall of Fame class. If that is still on the docket for WrestleMania weekend, plus a takeover or they could just do the hall of fame as a monday night raw event uh and then you know do the presentations during that monday night uh after not the monday night after but the the second monday after wrestlemania to keep the viewership up as well so that could be something uh to also think about uh to keep the the pressure on aew and we'll get to them in a minute. So I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. It's still, I know it sounds crazy, but still early in the road to WrestleMania. But uh, we are moving along as, as big and as, as bold as possible. But speaking of big and bold, I think it's about time for us to return for that uh, triumphant segment known as That's Just Nubia. Well, yes, it's been a couple of weeks since we've had one, so there have been some developments uh, going forward. Um, we'll start off with Impact Wrestling, where they're setting up for their Sacrifice pay-per-view on the 13th of March. Uh, they've already got two matches set up where um, Rich Swan will be defending the World Championship against Moose. Who, who 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 now is officially the TNA World Heavyweight Champion? Where lad, this past Tuesday they made the made the title official. Mm-hmm. They pulled a Bischoff and Triple H and made the belt made the belt official. So he's going to be defending that belt. He's already defended it one uh, on Tuesday against Jake Something, and so he'll be defending that title. Um, at, at, um, over the course of the next um, few weeks and pay-per-views and things of that nature. Uh, we also have um, Tira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, Fire and Flavor, who will be uh, defending the t- Knockouts Tag Team Championships against Jordan Grace and Jazz. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, shouts out to Taya Valkyrie, who has signed with the WWE for, uh, for uh, and after being after leaving uh, a very triumphant run in TN and um, Impact. Yep. And so we'll see if they join her up with her husband John Morrison at some point. And see what see where that goes with her. Um, they're they're definitely going to put her in NXT, from what I've been told at some point. So it's just a matter of her learning the WWE style, um, or picking that up um, to see when she or how soon she gets put on the roster. Then um, you also have um, Chris Bay, Ace Austin, and Black Taurus will be in a three-way match this Tuesday for the number one contendership for the X Division title. And the winner of that will go on to sacrifice to face TJP for the belt. And um, How awesome is that TJ Perkins has, you know, really bounced back um, from the way he left WWE. You know, he's really coming to his own to where I would, wouldn't be surprised if he gets re-signed at some point. I mean, he's really grown up uh, in reference to, you know, his, his potential, his performance. It's kind of like Drew. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he makes his way back to WWE at some point. And well, you got to realize that he's been wrestling since he was 14. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, I mean, he's got a lot of experience in him. And, he's, sure. and he, he wasn't going to be about, he wasn't going to, you know, fall flat on his face after leaving WWE. I mean, he was well established in the indie scene. So it was just a matter of where he wanted to land uh, as opposed to if he was going to get another job. So right. that, plus he's a major uh, behind the scenes um, feature in within impact. So, and, and he's still uh, deep wrestling with uh, new Japan and the new Japan strong show, but uh, he just had a, just had a match uh, this past Saturday, Friday. So, um, yeah, he's still he's still in like three, three or four different organizations doing his thing. So uh, he's wrestling in MLW. Uh, I think he's going to Mexico too, uh, and wrestling there in AAA. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's doing he's doing very well, and um, it it would be his choice to go back to WWE if he decided to do that. You know, he doesn't necessarily have to. Right, but I mean that's a better position. Especially the way they're doing the cruiserweights now. I mean, two hundred five live is pretty much another main event show, pretty much. Yeah, but I would, no, I would nobody's really watching two hundred five like that. I would put him on uh, SmackDown yeah. as a singles competitor because there's more people his size on the SmackDown side of things at the moment. You know, barring any roster changes, he would have better and more amazing matches with uh, the Usos, either one of them, uh, with Daniel Bryan, with Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, so, I mean, he has some serious potential on that side to really show what he has grown to become. Uh, I guess you, you guess you can call it business maturity uh, and his overall presentation, because just like with uh, Matt Seidel, like you don't look at Matt Seidel and see Evan Bourne. You don't. Hell, we'll take it a step further. You don't see, you know, what Pac used to be that character is so dominant like the WWE would if they would have to get him back um, you were like we don't want Neville we want Pac that's our guy that's our heel that if he came to WWE right now he would eclipse Roman Reigns 
in reference to intensity, period, in my opinion. Because Rose is at the level, but he's at that, I guess you can call it relatable heel, where he's like, I'm, your family is my concern. He's taking that angle. And Pac is like, I just want to kill you. Right, yeah. <laughs> you have that murderer side of things, you know, as a heel. It doesn't matter who's fallen. That's one thing they haven't tapped to in a long time as a heel at that level. Um, but then again, that may be something they, they don't want to do is let somebody be at that level because it is hard to sustain for as much as they put them on TV. So it just depends. But and, go just ahead. Like, and just like in just like with TJP, you know, um, Pac had already established himself in the Indies. Yep. He went to he went to Dragon Gate and just and won the um and won their championship, their main championship, and just took over the whole org, that organization, and then wound ended up in uh, AEW. So yeah, it was that that time over in Japan helped him out really very much mm -hmm. in my opinion. So um, with that said, we're gonna go over to Ring of Honor where uh -huh. um, Shane Taylor and his faction, Shane Taylor Promotions has won the six-man tag team titles from the Mexa squad, which was something that has been in the works for a while because of COVID. You had two of the Mexa squad who were um, trapped over in Mexico and couldn't get back, and they were actually going to strip them the, from the titles and give them to Shane Taylor Promotions, but, they, but Shane said, no, I want to win the titles, and I, I don't want to just be given to, given to me. So... They had the match last uh, sat last Saturday or Wednesday rather, and they had the, and they won the belts. So now he's in position to have be a double champion because in uh, he's up for this week. He's up for the uh, world championship up against Roosh. So mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. Uh, you got um, EC3 who is now officially signed with Ring of Honor. Mm. He made his um. He made his reappearance uh, on the last uh, Ring of Honor show, stepping up to um, uh, Jay Briscoe and uh, question and, and telling him how much he respected him. But where does his honor? How much? How far does his honor take him? Is his honor? You know, so uh, he's big on you know the honor and Ring of Honor and bringing back the honor of the honor and Ring of Honor. So um, and uh, and uh, what is it? Um, Directing his narrative, yeah. So, um, so he's big. On, he's on that right now. So, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure they'll be putting those two together here in the, in the, in the few, next few weeks. And then you have the 19th anniversary show, which will be coming up on the 26th of March, where all of the Ring of Honor titles will be defended. Uh, we've also we've already gotten a match between uh, for the tag team titles. Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal's the champions going up against um, La Faction and Gubernable with um, Kenny King and the Ring of Honor Television champion Dragon Lee, of, mm -hmm. uh, which will be a pure rules match. So I've discussed the pure rules match match rules before in past shows, where um, there are um, three rope three rope breaks in a match up to after the third rope break. Uh, you can't uh, break a hold or anything by by going outside the ropes. Uh, you got one punch to the face as a warning, and then the second one you get disqualified. 
50, usually title matches are usually like 30 minutes. Other matches are like 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, uh, so, and it's really, it's really like pure wrestling. I mean, you mean you, you, you don't have as many rule breaks as you do in regular matches with these pure rules matches. So it's really fun to watch those matches when they come along. And then now um, you go to New Japan, where the New Japan Cup will be coming up on the fifth. Uh, will be starting on the fifth of March. Uh, again, well, the winner of the New Japan Cup gets his choice of any singles title that he wants to go for, which is the IWGP Heavyweight, IWGP Intercontinental title, or the Never Openweight Championship. Uh, uh, two, the first two belts being still held by Kota Ibushi and the Never Openweight Championship by Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, uh, you got. Um, uh, Tetsuya Naito, who will be uh, wrestling tonight, actually, uh, to wrestle for the Intercontinental belt because mm-hmm. Kota Ibushi is saying that he wants to have both of the belts merged, but uh, Naito is saying that it doesn't make sense to do that, you know, because of the history and the legacies of both belts, they should still be relevant. And he wants to bring, he wants to separate the Intercontinental belt from Ibushi to try to make his way toward the heavyweight championship. Now on last night, John Moxley wound up retaining the United States championship title from Kenta in a match that lasted 14 minutes and 25 seconds in a 60 minute time limit match. Now this kind of irked me because this uh, Kenta has been holding on to this rights uh rights to challenge certificate briefcase for like eight nine months without with everything going on with covid he's had to defend this uh briefcase five different times <laughs> for him to go into a match a 15 minute match and end up losing i mean it was a it was a pretty decent match i would have expected it to be a longer match but it is what it is um Moxley retains, and we'll just see have have to see where this goes because we now it makes sense that he wins now that they have the relationship and whatnot. So it makes sense for him to have it so that New Japan comes into AEW at some point, uh, you know, to uh, try to come after that belt or um, just bring people in to come mess with Moxley. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Hiromo Tanahashi. Hiromu Tanahashi has injured himself. Uh, he has torn his pectoral and is going to be out for six months. So um, a couple of nights ago, he um, he relinquished the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And um, now there is a three-way title match that's going to be happening uh, for that belt, which I'll get to in a moment. So. Um, you now there's there was a, a press conference that was done recently between New Japan and CMLL, who have uh, refreshed their relationship. Um, they usually have the Fantastica Mania tour that happens in January, but due to COVID nineteen um, regulations, they have postponed that uh, tour. But they have they have um, 
signed off on contracts and everything that will uh, keep that relationship going. And so you'll be seeing more CMLL uh, wrestlers come into uh, New Japan at some point uh, to wrestle uh, in Japan. So that's that's a good thing that they've um, done that because that would mean that CMLL may go into Impact, CMLL may go into AEW. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, AEW uh, AEW already has a relationship with Triple A, being that Kenny Omega is still the uh, mega champion for them. So um, we'll, it just brings all that um, on the one all, all those relationships and companies together. You know, in a and to bring, go against New York, so to speak. So um, that'll be a good thing uh, to see happen and to see uh, build up. Uh, right. uh, Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru have won the uh, Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships from um, Taji Ishimori and El Fantasmo. And um, so, uh, so uh, they'll be defending those titles at some point uh, down the line. But at this moment, you know, Fantasmo and uh, Desperado will be uh, part of that uh, three-way match. Where I'll get to in a moment. So last, well, earlier today, I should say, uh, there was uh, the first night of the Castle Attack tour in Osaka. The okay. final. Which was which ended that tour. Uh, there was a two night uh, event uh, last early this morning. They had um, Kojima, Tenzan, and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi going up against uh, Jeff Cobb, the Great Okan, and Will Osprey, which um, who, who called who are the faction of um, the uh, United Empire, which they end up ended up winning that match. Um, Yoshi, Yoshihashi wound up losing to Tonga Loa of the um, Gorillas of Destiny. You had um, Hiroshi Goto who wound up beating Tama Tonga. And those two matches will build up to a tag team match for um, that I'll mention in a moment. Uh, Toro Yanu, who is the 2021 provisional King of, of Pro Wrestling um, champion, uh, Wound up being in a strap match, or, or what they called a um, Texas YTR strap match, which okay. which is a regular strap match. Of well, if anybody nobody knows what they are, a strap match is where you're tethered to each other by a, a sixteen foot long strap to each other's wrist, and the and the winner of the match is the person who was able to touch all four. Uh, turnbuckles in succession but in this situation they have those long turnbuckles that cover all three of the uh, turnbuckles and are tied behind so the match was instead of touching them you had to be the person who took off the fourth turnbuckle uh. so they so that was a pretty decent match. It was an inter, it was an interesting match to watch, and Toroyanu retained his title in that match. You had uh, Tomohiro Ishii, who was going in, who was in a fierce battle with Jay White, who wound up winning that match. Or Jay White did, and uh, Kazuchika Okada wound up beating Evil in a, a grudge match that they've been waiting to have over the past few months. 
Okada's been challenging him for a match, and Evil has been telling him no, 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 but they finally had the match last night, and that gives him a little Okada some momentum going into the New Japan Cup. Now, tonight, or I should say about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock tonight will be 8 o'clock, well, 6 o'clock their time. They're going to have the second night, which will have um, uh, Tenkozy, who is uh, Kojima and Tenzan, going up against Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay. You have Tomohiro Ishii, Toro Yanu, and Okada versus Evil, Jay White, and Chase Owens. You'll have uh, G.O.D., uh, Tangaloa and Tamatanga going up against Hiroshi Goto and Yoshihashi for the um, heavyweight tag team championships. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi will go up against the great Okan for the never open weight championship. Um, you got um, El Fantasmo, Bushi from uh, Los Ingobernables de Apon, and El Desperado going, going for the uh, junior heavyweight championships. And as I mentioned earlier, the main event will be um, Kota Ibushi defending the Intercontinental title against Tetsuya Naito. So um, that's go that's it for the independence. Now, I wanted to uh, bring up uh, as part of my segment to, tonight um, a match that is usually uh, has been in the past in um, independent uh, synonymous with independent wrestling, especially in Japan but has made its way into America and into AEW. And that is the exploding barbed wire match, death match that'll be taking place on Wednesday. So on network television, on network television. Right. So which, uh, kind of will water it down in my opinion. I mean, these, these matches are kind of hard to watch anyway. You know, just by the way, the, the, the nature of the match itself. But um, we're going to see how it goes. Uh, for those that don't know what an exploding barbed wire cage match is, what usually happens is, is that they take off the ring ropes and they replace them with barbed wire. Then you have C4 charged explosion explosives that are set around the outside, all four sides of the outside of the ring on the floor. And when you hit the when you hit the barbed wire, it's supposed to detonate that side of the ring. So now there are variations to the match where um, there have been like pressure plates placed inside the ring to where if you land on the pressure plate that it blows up. Or you have a match that's like maybe a 30-minute time limit match. And if they get to the 30-minute time limit, the whole the whole uh the whole uh, ring explodes. Mm. So um, now, how did usually these are some bloody matches? Usually these are some real hardcore matches. I mean, you got guys like Cactus Jack and Terry Funk, uh, folk Japanese wrestlers like Hayabusha, and um, some others that now that have gotten into this match and been synonymous with these matches. Uh, the main guy that is known for these matches, known as the godfather of the exploding barbed wire cage matches, a man named Atsushi Onita, who's been in a lot of these matches and variations of these matches. Uh, so um, one match that um, comes to mind is, uh, but one match that comes to mind of people, of people who may know who they are 
is um, a match that went down on August the 20th of 1995, where Terry Funk and Cactus Jack were in the finals of the King of the Death match uh, tournament in um, in an organization called FMW, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Um, now, they had um, a bar, it was a barbed wire exploding, it, it was a barbed wire exploding um, time bomb death match. So, like I said, it was one of those time limit matches where the whole ring ended up exploding on them. Um, like I said, these matches can be very, really brutal. Uh, Cactus Jack came out of this match with um, seven stitches in his head, nine stitches in his eyebrow, 11 in his, um, no, excuse me, seven stitches in his hand, nine stitches in his eyebrow, 11 in his head. Um, he had 14 stitches behind his ear and ended up having second degree burns all over his right arm. And, um, and um, Terry Funk ended up in the hospital as well after this match. So um, we're going to see how this, how this turns out. Like I said, these matches can be really hard to watch. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do a match like this justice. Even though Moxley has been in a couple of these matches in CZW, um, I don't know if Kenny Omega has ever been in a match of this type. Or I mean, I know he's. I know I've seen him with uh, using barbed wire at some point in certain matches. I mean, he did have a match with Moxley where he had the barbed wire covered broom. So um, yeah. we'll, we'll. I mean, we'll we'll see how this match goes down. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, March third is going to be a big night, uh, pretty much all the way around for AEW and NXT. And a lot of things going on in the month of March, uh, wrestling-wise, especially with all these independents who are talking about getting themselves together to uh, go to Tampa, as they always do for WrestleMania shows. So uh, we'll see. If I find out about any matches or cards that happen uh, from the independents that are going to be in Tampa that weekend, then I'll bring those to the light. But... um. That's it for me. Uh, anything, any questions or anything from you, sir? No, you you pretty much uh, went into it. I'm just hoping that, uh, well, first I'm hoping for their safety because that could be a career-ending match. And I know Big Foley, better than anybody, will, will attest to the fact that it's not Elimination Chamber. We're not talking about steel cage matches. That match will take years off your career, guaranteed, if done the way it's supposed to be done. Not watered down, not one spot or, you know, the explosion, but nobody gets hurt. I mean, if they do it proper, yeah, that's going to be something. But then at the same time, I wonder what Jim Ross's thoughts are, because normally he would be opposed to something at that gimmicky level just to garner uh, viewership for that temporary time. I know I'm quite sure Jim Cornette would be like, no, that's going to be stupid. <laughs> Don't do it. It's well, a waste of investment. I, uh, I listened to, Jim, through that. I listened to Jim Cornette uh, the other day uh, talking about this very match, and he was saying how stupid it was. 
He did, like, you know, he doesn't like he doesn't like Kenny Omega anyway. So you know that just added fuel to the fire. Um, you know, he's talking. He was talking about how Tony Khan has um, with this. Uh, it was. I don't know what the organization was, but it was some. It was some organization or dirt sheet or whatever the case was that named him Booker of the Year and Promoter of the Year. Tony yeah, Khan. So yeah. um yeah, so you know, he's saying, you know, he's never he's never had an original idea. You know, um Conan and um Disco Inferno were talking about Tony Khan saying that he was one of those um WCW hotline marks that you know that he was on he was always on the um the uh, group pages and whatnot, you know. Yeah. Um Talking about wrestling and whatnot, ne never being involved in wrestling at all before buying, uh, financing WC, uh, AEW. So, um, yeah, uh, Cornette had a whole lot to say about this match taking place. So, yeah, it's, it wasn't good. Yeah, which I mean, I knew he would be like opposed to it just from the, the putting your talent through something that technically they don't need as a company. They don't need you can have them in a match, but it doesn't have to be at this level. So I agree with them on that. But I disagree with them on the other side of things because, yeah, at the level of, of Mark and Smart Mark that uh, Tony Khan may have been, he had the financial ability to, to call the hotline and pay the money and be on there all the time. You didn't need a lot of money to be on the forums to be tracking down you know like i used to track down the uh the theme music and before they released the the wwe the musics and all this other stuff i would uh play it on the computer and take the og uh handheld uh cassette recorder and record them and then play it back and listen to it through my earphones that way so i had wcw music ecw music and uh um, wwf music back then all on there and that's just you know an old you know, back in the day, you know, when AOL was the thing and Yahoo chat rooms and all that stuff, you know, and Napsters and all those wonderful, uh, fun things that we had, Black Planet. Uh, <laughs> 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 I knew you would mark out for that, but, the, you know, for somebody to be involved at that level, and even for me, uh, you know, not having actual promotion ties, I was part of, uh, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them, uh, James, but E-Federations to where, yeah, yeah. you know, you were really deep into it because you were writing your promos, but not only writing the promo as the character that you came up with, you had to write the entire script, the scenery, it's basically like writing uh, a mini book and then you submit it and then the, the uh, one of the, the, the bookers or promoters will put it all together and then there you go. And I graduated from that to actually writing the show. So I'm writing the match in, in descriptive form all the way through from beginning to end, um, you know, the spots and all that stuff. So if he was at that level to take that and then have the financial ability to, as we see, create AEW and, and have that going that way, he's just as qualified to run AEW as somebody that was in the industry because the, the number one expert second to the person in the ropes are the people paying to see the person in the ropes you know yeah you, you're gonna have some you know naysayers and people that agree or disagree or whatever 
But at the end of the day, you're wrestling to perform for the fans of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, wrestling, wrestling, whatever you want to call it. They are the experts because they're paying, they're working hard to get that paycheck and then they turn right around and pay X amount of dollars for that front row seat. That is your expert. And as Vince has said multiple times, if the fans don't react to you, you're dead in the water. So they make or break the character, the person, the superstar, and you're either going to be somebody that they're going to latch on to and they're going to take you through the moon or they're not going to care about you. And then the next thing you know, you're flipping burgers at McDonald's and, you know, it is what it is. So I, I disagree with him in that aspect because with the right funding and, and, and financial ability, shoot, we could have, you know, a federation of <laughs> a, a, a promotion or something, um, you know, with the right funding or backing. If we had that opportunity, I'm quite sure we would have had something in Atlanta that would have been in partnering with WCW and um, uh, what was it? The, not the power plant. What was it called? The uh, Yeah, the power um, plant. It was the power plant, yeah. So, you know, we could have been funneling people to the power plant in, in Atlanta. So I disagree with Cornette on that. And he knows that, you know, as much of a, a bookworm and a scholar for wrestling and everything else he is, without, you know, the smart marks, wrestling is nothing. Well, that yeah. was more so That was more so Conan and Disco talking about well, Tony I mean, Khan. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, even they know. And Conan is, is, is a mark for the business as well from, from infancy pretty much all the way through. And Cisco Inferno, I've even met him. Actually, it's going to be an interesting story. Um, when I was a uh, account manager at uh, the Aaron's down here, um, there was a, uh, a promoter who was a friend of the general manager, uh, Ron Gossett. And um, he was like, yeah, we're doing a, a show. It's uh, a little something in between uh, a football game, but we need somebody to help out with the football game to move the chains. Like, well, whatever, I ain't doing nothing. It's a Saturday. All right, I'll do it. And then on a other thing is we kind of need somebody to uh, commentate the matches. So one of the matches I end up commentating uh, featured Disco Inferno and the Warlord. <laughs> Um, so that's crazy. But they originally he was like, well, maybe you can be his manager. So, you know, I brought a suit and stuff. So, you know, I was working out what gimmick I would be um, to, to really uh, bring heat to the warlord. But then they went a different way. But, yeah, I ended up commenting on uh, their matches and, you know, stuff like that. So it was kind of weird commenting on uh, commentating on uh, somebody's match and been watching them on TV and recording them. And now you're. You're, you're calling their spots and stuff like that. So it was interesting. Well, and I Ronnie, Ronnie, Gossett, Ronnie Gossett is old school Southern wrestling because yeah. I remember him from back in the day. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, um, wow, you got to deal with him for a minute. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But, but Conan, but actually Conan in the show, Conan in the show did say he explained himself. He was like, you know, a lot of people think that I was a, that I was a mark for wrestling when because of how I came up and how I got into the business and whatnot. He said, but I was never a mark for wrestling. I didn't really know anything about wrestling before I got into the business. He said he was a football mark. He was all about football, college football and pro football. But right. uh, and that's where he that's where he kind of got his um, 
love for, for, for wrestling because of former football players that got into wrestling. So he said he, he said he's never really been a mark for wrestling. And anybody that thought he was, you know, he wanted to kind of straighten them out on that. But um, he was saying he was talking about how, you know, what I said earlier about Tony Khan and and all of him, his experience in the wrestling business. And for them, for them to name him a a Booker of the Year and Promoter of the Year, it was just like a joke to them. But in your in your in your in your analogy, in your in your, in your soliloquy, so to speak, if you will, uh, yeah. shout out to, shout out to that, that was that was brilliant. That what you said. That was brilliant. brilliant. I tell you, Rick Flair, that was brilliant. So you know they um they was they were just saying as far as you know because you know you've always had a lot of animus when it came to people that were running wrestling that were actually in the business or actually wrestled in the business or you know had some kind of influence in the business or even went to a even went to wrestling school right. but as opposed to a Vince Russo who was a writer for uh, for for somebody or whatever, and um and and right he was writing for the magazines, but never got into but never got into the ring, or Eric Bischoff, or a Jim Hurd, or you know well, people of this out, people of that nature. Because he was he was uh you know um uh doing a little bit of color commentary and uh you know the interviews and stuff like that. So he was kind of in it. But prior, to, but prior to that, he was all of, he was marketing. Right. He had nothing to do. He had nothing to do with wrestling. He kind of he was kind of maneuvered into wrestling and kind of got into it that way and started learning the business uh, as a uh, commentator because right. somebody show up one night. So you know that's how he got into it. But uh, yeah, they were just making comparisons uh, to them and Tony Khan and whatnot. And, you know, giving their opinions. I'd say, I agree to an extent with that too, but the good thing about Tony Khan, not trying to, you know, put him over anything, but just for everything that I've read, I would say that he has that, that gumption for the business. You know, he's smart enough to know that, okay, I need to have people, the elite, um, that know what they're talking about. You know, Cody has the passion. Kenny has the, the experience, the young bucks have the experience, you know, all the different facets between singles, tag team, you know, et cetera. You know, we know the type of atmosphere we want to have uh, in the locker room as well as the shows and stuff like that. But I can't do it all myself because I don't know. However, when the ideas come in, you know, I'm the guy that's going to put the stamp on it and say yes, or that's going to veto it. And, you know, he's from that perspective, I can kind of see him getting some accolades considering what happened with COVID. You know, WWE was reactionary. They just produced shows. I mean, the machine's going to go. They're going to find a way because they have to make that USA obligation. They have to make that Fox obligation. So they have to, even beyond that, continue the most important streak that is in wrestling. And that's how long Raw and SmackDown have been on the air. So they, they can't go off the air. They can't not produce um, original programming every week. So continuing that streak is truthfully the most important streak in wrestling because that is television history. 
So having that, they have to do something. So even if they just phone it in, they just have to put something out there. But AEW is putting something together and position themselves not only to do something momentous and bring wrestling back to TNT, which we thought we would never see, A, B, to have it promoted as heavily as it is on TNT, and then we have a wrestler involved in other things uh, on uh, the sister networks, like with Cody and the Go Big Show, um, on other networks. I mean, they have done what, without Ted Turner, uh, something that we thought we would never have happen. And then to bring back uh, characters like Sting, but not WWE, I guess, for lack of a better term. Okay, they came back, but it's just a segment and they're out. You know, even with the, the, the negotiation and bringing in a Paul White, that's a big deal, pun intended, um, that nobody saw coming. You know, that's the equivalent of Macho Man coming to the WCW. And he's just like, what? You know, we'll see how it plays out. But they signed him on as um, an advisor to an extent, as well as an on-air talent. So that still shows that he has, we know he has more uh, years. He's lean. He's looking the best he's ever been. He's able to move around. He's feeling good. So used correctly, that's a, you know, a, a serious motion. So those type of decisions, I agree with. But he's not him by himself making the show, but just having a gumption to say, yeah, in the right directions. You know, there's a couple of things that have dropped a little bit, but that's expected. Nobody's perfect. Doing something every week, you're going to not hit the mark every single time. But he's making good decisions for year one. Five years from now, we'll see what the, the grand scale is because it is a marathon, as Triple H said. And, you know, they're still in the infancy. We're calling it a war. We're calling it a battle because it just makes sense because the WWE needs that you're on a ropes feel for them to actually produce something that we've been asking for for a long time, which is more edgier content and things of that nature. But, you know. Well let, me ask, well, well, let me ask you this. Now that they have announced that they have two new shows coming up, the new um, <laughs> YouTube show, um, AEW Dark, um, I think it's AEW Dark uh, Evolution or... Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And then they had the other show that they're going to put on TNT. Um, they, 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 uh, and I think Paul, I think Paul White and um, Tony Schiavone are going to do the AEW Dark show. Right. They still have to put the finalization on uh, the, TNA sh the TNT show. Uh, where do you think they're going to place that show? You think they're going to go on Monday night? No. Dynamite has to be the show that goes up against Raw. So, but I don't think they need to, to make that move yet. So, truthfully, I'd put it on Saturday. And if you want to take it back to OG times, if you really want to leverage the best potential and do what the WWE is realizing they need to focus on right now, I'd put it at about 11, 11.30 in the morning and get that kid demographic back again especially since um the action figures are selling out still you can barely find them at walmart's um uh, the video game is coming uh the the simulation game the proper that we're used to you know kind of like this uh behind me but at, at the, the the grander scale they just released 
the AEW games, double or nothing um, casino game, uh, which is a casino game. It's basically, you know, you're doing your Vegas feel, just tying into that. They're just plugging the AEW on top of it. Uh, you have the elite general manager mode that or app game that's going to be coming to cell phones in the near future. So them positioning it at that point, at that time frame, uh, to really capture the kids and bring them into these characters, especially since AEW is a little bit more sensitive on their roster, on the, the different messages with uh, Nyla Rose being transgender and, and other things like that. You know, they've got several different layers to the stories that they're telling. Sunny Kiss, you know, would be another one for, for positivity. You know, the AEW feels, you know, to get the young ladies involved and have them. Um, yeah, so that's the time period, uh, the, the, the time I would put, and it could be on TBS, it doesn't have to be on TNT. Yeah, but, that was going to be know. my next question. Do you think it should be, uh, this should be the show that they put on TBS at 6.05? Well, oh, it, it'd be nice, if they, if they went to the mothership time, I'd be even, woo, but, you know, that they would have to sound bite uh, Dusty Rhodes in some fashion, you know, and throw in a, a, a little bit of um, uh, the exalted one and be like, it's 6.05, you know what time it is. <laughs> you know, something like that. Uh, and that would be a, a perfect marriage or whatever, just some sound bites there. But um, either one of those times, but I think that the early morning or just a replay of something in the early morning uh, would be great to get those kids because WWE is realizing that their target demographic that they've been writing to is kind of getting older. And they're kind of removed from the days of, you know, saying the prayers and eating the vitamins and stuff. And at that, that young age, that's who's the wrestlers of today that were influenced by that. But what young kids, you know, Rey Mysterio is still one of the ones that is tied into closely that, that young kid demographic. I'd say that would reach across the aisle and, and grab those kids and bring them in. But who else do you really have? Because all the other characters are in that 18-plus demographic. Street profits are, you know, colorful and everything. But, yeah, they've got a solo cup in their hand. That's not for kids. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not a lot of, of cartoony kitty. Well, I mean, you can transition some people in. Like, I thought they were going to use chaos theory for a moment. As, yeah. as as that as that sort of, and then dark order is is moving toward that um, type of uh, situation. So, um, man, get that turn your phone off, man. What's going on? You and the Usos over there? What's happening? Hey, man, down since day one ish. Don't don't bother me. <laughs> at, at least it's, at least it's uh, podcast appropriate. <laughs> Nothing else. You know, I mean, if I get a phone call, it's going to be Roman Reigns theme. So at least it's podcast appropriate. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they, the WWE has, you know, definitely realized it in internal uh, conversations that they need that kid demographic again to take them through the next 15 years. And if you, you know, COVID has made that ever more clear that, um, you know, if they don't recapture them on the video game stand front, which is what they're also going to be focusing on because last year was a bust for them because the previous game sucked. 
So they've got to get the, the ball rolling and find ways to bring them in so that way next year you're, you're creating dreams and you're creating magic and you're, and you're doing things. And um, I think it also could have been possibly why they decide to leverage their uh, potential with Peacock because that can open up a new audience going from SpongeBob to WWE programming would be an interesting lateral move if the programming is the right message and the right thing. You know, there's not a lot of animation anymore on the WWE. I thought um, Camp WWE was great, but, you know, we've only got, what, two seasons of that, and they were supposed to be working on a third, and we don't know what's happening yet. Um, yeah, that and um, story time, yeah. Yeah. I actually like story time myself. But... Ride Along, I thought Ride Along was, was great. You know, they need to do things in a smarter way to just bring people – Keep the kayfabe, but just bring them into. Oh, kayfabe is gone. I mean, I kayfabe know. is gone. You ain't got. I mean, you ain't even got to bring that into the situation anymore. Because well, I think I mean, it needs to be brought back. To be honest with you, it needs to be. You have to keep some things. You have to keep the curtain closed on certain things. Everything doesn't need to be tweeted, Facebooked, Instagram at the level. Like I shouldn't get a tweet telling me that this is what happened in the match on Monday night. And I haven't got home yet from work. Well, I need to watch Raw if I've already just looked at three minutes of the main event. I understand about social media. But that's what happens anyway. I mean, right now, you got you got pay-per-views that go on, and then as soon as the match is over, they've posted it on social media. So, so why watch So I mean, Exactly, you know. But... I agree with you. Kayfabe should kayfabe should be in existence, but I mean, kayfabe, kayfabe. This young, this younger generation has killed kayfabe. I mean, you got folks on Twitter, Twitter that um, go by their real names. They don't even go by their uh, gimmick names. Yep. So, so I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, even Big E just changed his Twitter name to his real name. Yeah. So I mean, well, that, you know. Because of, uh, you know, with the WWE's, you know, new policies, which I still don't uh, agree with. I know they're like, well, hey, you can't use, you know, our intellectual property to be able to make money. But everybody, I mean, that discussion could be had when we're not wearing masks and social distancing. I gotcha. But when they're not being used and there's no revenue coming in. You're not subsidizing them by just paying them just on, on the cuff of, then what are they supposed to do? Because they got bills just like everybody else, and they can't just sell off billions of dollars worth of stock just to, you know, make ends meet. Because they are independent contractors, technically. So what are they supposed to do? It's not their fault that they play video games and then people are paying to watch. That's just the way things are going. You should leverage that and then make it out of it, but then don't oxymoron it and be like, well, you can't do this, but up, up, down, down, y'all are great. Hey, I'd appreciate a 30-minute video from somebody telling me happy birthday. You know, why not? Yeah. You know? But, I mean, Cam, that does need to be $800. Like, God. Oh, no, no, no. Like, you, oh, no, my birthday is in June. You can get me one from Sandman. He's 31 bucks. Well... I'll go ahead and uh, <laughs> drop some sand and then say happy birthday. 
Because he just did he, he, he just did no. one for Jim Cornette for so, somebody did had him do one for Jim Cornette and they played it on his uh podcast. So no. I thought that was funny. But uh yeah. But uh, going back to ADW, another question and the and pretty much the elephant in the room, so to speak. Your thoughts on Shaq and Jay Cargill versus Red Velvet and Cody. You can tell how this match is going to go, unfortunately, next week by the vignettes they showed this past week. Did you see Shaq in the ring? Yeah. yeah. In the ring? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He, he, never, he never got in the ring, right? Jay, good. Shaq Jade is, is good enough. Yeah. So Jade, I, Jade has the Jade has the look. She doesn't have the mic skills, but she's got the look. She'll get there. And they depending on who's training her, you know, she should be she should be all right in the ring. Shaq has experience in the ring. So I mean, you they weren't gonna show him being in the ring doing anything because I mean Well, but Shaq is gonna be John Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> a, a head chop here. You may get a, a regular chop in, but that's not going to be a match. That's it's not going to be any more than three or four minutes. I hope not, because I think they need to leverage that for the pay per view. Doing it on pay, a pay per view. Yeah, no, for you putting, them, putting them on a pay per view for Revolution because uh, this is. This well, should be a one-off. Dynamite. Yeah, they're doing that on Dynamite. It's Wednesday. So that's, that's the go-home for So it needs to be unfinished business. It doesn't need to be it needs to be like three minutes. Nothing really comes out of it. Nothing is solved. The only thing that needs to come out of this oh, match and, is the fact that Jade is getting Saturday. ready. The only thing that needs to come out of this match is the fact that Jade is going to end up wrestling Brandy at some point. Yeah. The only good thing for Jade is that Bianca Belair is in WrestleMania. Because that, that is their, you know, with Big Swole being not available, whatever it is at the moment, um, Jade is their version of Bianca Belair. She just doesn't have the the, the wrestling prowess yet, as you just mentioned, uh, yet. But, you know, I, I know she's going to get there. She, you know, all she has to do is just put in the work, put in the time, she'll get there. You know, I give her about a year. She'll be solid. But she's not signed, I don't, she's I don't, not signed yet, right? Uh, she, I believe she is, yeah. Did I she sign? No, 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 no. no. I, no I don't think she signed yet. Official yet. I haven't yeah, seen anything yeah. official yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, leveraging the Shaq thing just for network would be great if the show was on Monday. But you, you can't just leverage that on a Wednesday. Even Eric Bischoff would tell you that you need to get paid for that. Shoot, hell, uh, Paul Heyman would say you need to get paid for that. But doing it for free? No. Mm -mm. It, it can't amount to anything. So I, I don't expect it to be anything other than the hype. It's going to be the last four minutes of the night, and it's not going to accomplish anything because it'll be a disqualification. That's how it's going to be. It basically, it's basically going to be a Tyson fight. You paid all that money, boom, that's it. That's what's so up. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll talk about it uh, next week. 
But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be something. And truthfully, considering that we're in WrestleMania time, whatever pay-per-view is around Mania, that's when it needs to be. Because they're not leveraging TNT at the highest level or anything like that yet. So that's my, my three cents on that. So we will see how that plays out. But, shoot, we've done a good uh, 90 minutes of uh, fun time just for all these lovely people. So KG, hopefully we'll be back with us next week so that way uh, we can uh, run his name through the mud and uh, see see what life is going to be like as we go into another week closer to WrestleMania, which I believe next week will put us within that 30-day time period. So we'll be in a serious countdown at that point to see what uh, stops the WWE is going to make and hopefully – Hopefully, Vince will be open to doing some things that he normally wouldn't just to try to, like I said, he's got to please the powers that be over at uh, NBC and Peacock. It just has to happen. So um, by doing that, we'll see exactly how this is going to work. So you and I, James, will be back next week. We'll see what new background I have. We'll see what new fresh uh, T-shirt game you are rocking, what you're smoking and what you're drinking. So, as always, I know this will be, I guess, the first time since we are doing a YouTube thing. And, you know, as many times as I watch the video, I'm like, oh, God, they're talking about subscribing and likings and all that stuff. But if we at least make you mark out once during the course of this entire video, and that's why I say to the end, feel free to uh, do the bell thingy and, and so you get notifications when we post stuff and you know, like and share the video so that way we can continue to do what we're doing. We're not getting paid for this at all. Um, but the 20 cents that, you know, occasionally drops in the paycheck. I know James gets 40 cents, but that's just because we got to keep this T-shirt game up. But you know, tell, tell them you like us and something like that so that way uh, YouTube can, you know, really uh, appreciate us the way that we appreciate you all for watching. And then on the anchor standpoint and the other podcast audio, uh, continue to follow and, and, and spread the word that the sideline junkies can be seen and heard uh, on the every sports facet, as well as the WrestleManiacs here on Saturdays. And then, uh, James, go ahead and take us out and tell the people how you really feel since you are almost down to the bitter tip of that cigar, sir. Well, again, to back to piggyback off of what you just said, we do appreciate everybody listening and watching. We will hope you continue to do so. We try to provide the best wrestling entertainment and information available at the time, and we would we want to expand on this as much as possible. So we appreciate all your likes, subscribes, posts, comments, things of that nature, shares and everything. So um, on behalf of the absent KG, Mr. Don Rodriguez, the people's choice, and myself, the Nubian Sumo, we bid you adieu. So goodbye, and good night. Bang! <laughs>